weeks till the season starts, and that means it's Tiger Cast time. And I'm joined as always by Tig71 and CB17. How are you, lads? I'm good. Good evening, um, Michaels. Thanks for asking. Hello, everyone. Now, did you hear that intro? Not at all. No, I was spewing. I was going to start cracking stupid gags all through it too, but no, I couldn't hear it. No. Really? Yeah. So you could hear it earlier today when we did a test call, but you couldn't hear it then. That's so strange. No, couldn't do it. Damn. Changed nothing. Oh well. We're here anyway. Uh, good to be back, fellas. It's been a bit of stuff's been going on since we uh, last spoke. We've managed to make the media a couple of times just quietly, and they've all latched onto us. But we'll get to that later. Uh, first topic that, um, oh, before we get into the footy topics, what have you blokes been up to in your time off before footy season starts, Stiggs? Um, myself, well, um, for the listeners that don't know, um, I sort of, some, some of them do, um, I, I run my own business quite successfully. Unfortunately, the second lockdown caused me to, um, it's basically on life support at the moment. So I've been looking for, um, full-time employment while I'm, um, sort of drip feeding my own business as it's going to just take, yeah, the third lockdown in particular as well has just killed it. So I've been, that's been consuming all of my time. I haven't found the right company yet. I've got close to two that I thought were really, really good. Um, but it's still early days and I'm hopeful. So if anyone needs a lightning, handsome, very modest business development manager to, <laughs> to flog your stock, just let me know. <laughs> I'm sure you'll land the right company soon. Oh, well, Whoever yeah. Gets, you'll be lucky to have you. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. What about you, CB? What have you been up to? Mate, um, cabin fever with lockdown, uh, working, and cricket. That's about it, with the odd beer in between. And just sweating bullets. We are six weeks away from footy. Well, no, 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 sorry. We're about six weeks from uh, local footy, but we're a little bit closer for the real stuff. So, yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so, can't wait for it. To, I can't wait to see football again live. That's for me to actually go to the ground. Um, and um, yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And you know, COVID can go and fuck off. I'm sorry if they don't have fifty percent capacity. Um, yeah, uh, they should get fifty percent. Let's hope so. That was what was floated originally, wasn't it? Fifty percent. I don't think yeah. that's changed. I actually, now. I actually no. rang. I, I rang the club today because I, I saw in one of the threads about how some members have already got emails about, you know, they've been able to register for tickets. So so my understanding is they're going to run ballots. Uh, they're going to do it in two-week blocks, and they'll do it in two, from what I said, two game blocks potentially. So um, they're waiting to see what the real hold-up is, is they have no idea on what the, grant, what the capacity will be. Because obviously round one may be 50%, but by round three, round four, we could be up to 70%. Yeah. So it's a real liquid, real fluid situation. Or if someone in Bendigo gets the sniffles, we might be down to fifteen percent. It's just, it's just, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Just fingers crossed, eh? Let's hope, um, you know, everyone starts getting vaccinated and you know we get this under control and get back to normal. I think on a humorous thing, getting people there. Oh, you know, look, we have got two flags. Like it is the. And I'm talking to any rich and supporter that was in my generation, you know, the seventies, eighties, nineties early 2000s, we've put up with utter shit, right, with glimpses along the way, and thank God we've had Maddie Knights, and thank God we had Broderick, and thank God we had Richo, but, you know, we've put up, uh, as a overall team thing, utter shit, now we're good, no, no, scratch that, now we're the best of the crop, and, and consistently the best of the crop for the last four years, we've got two flags, and we've been denied to see the pennant, 
you know, unfurled. That, for me, can only happen to Richmond and supporter. That's the luck. It can only happen to us. It's almost you feel cheated on or cheated by, oh, yeah. don't you? Like, yeah. I know it's kind of cool to unfurl two flags in one hit, but you're right. The the irony of we come good yeah. and we can't go see games or most people can't go see games. We're still not sure when we're going to unfurl one flag, let alone two flags. It's just crazy times. You know, like round one the next year after you've won the flag, right? Like, because you milk your the premiers all off season, right? Everyone does it. We milk it. And then, you know, the next year rolls around and you get the flag and you're sitting with, you know, Colton flogs that have to witness the glory of it. It, it, it's, it. it has momentum because it's the very next year. Now it's been postponed for two years. It, it doesn't cheapen it, don't get me wrong, but it just doesn't feel the same for me. Oh, well, eight, um, 19 will, but, you know, um, yeah, just, I'm uh, sorry, 20 will, but, you know, 19, it's, we've missed that joy, you know what I mean, that we had in 1780. We've missed the joy, so. Do you feel it's cheap in CB? Oh, look, I mean, the only way it'll be forgiven in my eyes is if we win three in a row, right? <laughs> then we can un- then we can un- yeah. Well, they owe us. <laughs> they owe us. Funny enough, 2019 is going to be the lost flag. In the sense of, you know, we had that great feeling in um, the start of 2018. Um, then 2019, we won again. So 2020 shit itself. Didn't get to see the flag unfurl. And now we've got 2021. So, which is really for the year before. I can't get my mind around it's also the year before that. Um, I'm sure I'll adjust to it, like most of us will. And it's only a very minor thing. But, yeah, I just quietly and super confident. Like I was last off season for uh, last, the year just gone. I am as equally as confident that we'll do it again this year. Equally. as 24th of Feb and you've gone with that. (laughs) Go back to the first podcast of last year. Go back to that one. And I said this exactly the same thing. We will win again. We'll win. Mark my word. Don't stamp that one. I I like calls like that. It's much like CB's predictions when he picks 75 points. No, nah, because quarters. Oh, oh, mate. here we go. We're already turning, are we? We're already turning on my. Because you, because for all you got... punters out there, for all you punters out there, just remember. Look, you guys oh, know I've got a I'm couple. I'm a good punter mates. out of luck. I've got a couple of mates that are actually in the industry, right? And particularly two that um, you know that deal with two other clubs, and they've both given me the same feedback. They've said um, last season it was no one's really grown that extra level to catch you blokes, right? For the method that we do. This off season is your own. The main one that could probably get us or catch us, like um, is the main two is probably Brisbane and the Cats. They've got major disruption this year. And I said, what do you mean? When you inject a new forward into a settled forward line, it needs to be restructured. You can only do X amount of training and it's a shortened preseason. They've got like, they've had what, four weeks. Most of them came back in January and they have to get, and they have to get adjusted for the new season with new rules they're not going to click um, till some point in the year. Hopefully by that stage, they've dropped a few games and we've got, continued on our merry way. Um, yeah, and, um, you know, they can't catch us. So, yeah. That, but, yeah. but Tiggs, Tiggs, last grand final, Gary Rowan didn't play against us. They've got him to come back in. <laughs> well, Danger, yeah, Dangerfield didn't play against us either. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know. He played for us, um, actually. Yeah. I gave him a vote. <laughs> yeah, and the only player they had playing was Menzel, didn't they? 
Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah he, he, he played a cracker, but yeah, no. Jesus. All right, we've got some you know what I hope? You know, you know what I hope happened this off-season? I hope that Geelong kid that looks homeless, not the homeless one, the um, Myers. Myers. <laughs> I hope he had a haircut. I just no, hope he had no a haircut. No chance. Yeah, I hope he had a haircut. All right, well, I guess I get into the first topic. We want to talk a little bit of AFLW because the, the AFLW has been on for we a few weeks to? now. Um, AFLW, Jesus. Have you guys been watching? I've watched a few games, and the girls are they're improving week on week. Still haven't jagged that win, but the game against Carlton on the weekend, they got off to a pretty good start, but then still went down by five points. Have you caught any of that, CB? To quote my friend Rich, or who goes by the name of 30 Years of Pain, uh, mate, I am brand loyal, and the only games I have watched are the Richmond ones. And if I'm honest, last year I thought we were unwatchable. I, I think I lasted two or three games. I thought I'm not wasting time watching this crap. Like it was pretty ordinary. But you watch it this year, and the improvement has been absolutely off the charts in our skill level. And our ball movement, um, we look a totally different team. And we're playing some really, really good football. And you've got to remember, we're only into our second year of the comp. So when we're playing more advanced teams like the Collingwoods and Carlton's, etc., um, we are going to struggle a bit against them. But, I mean, I can't wait for us to actually play a couple of dud teams like North Melbourne and Geelong. We actually might be able to get a win and see the girls sing a song. But um, as a product this year... Um, yeah, far superior compared to last year. It's actually been quite good. The first thing I noticed is they were moving the ball with intent and purpose. Like they actually looked like they had the game plan and knew what they were wanting to do with it. So, no, they've definitely improved on the ball movement side of it. Um, Tiggs, you caught any of the AFLW? Look, bits and pieces. Look, and to all the, all the Tiger sisters out here, you know, I've got my fist up in the air. I'm with you. I, don't misunderstand my apathy for the AFLW is hating against women football. My, I don't hate AFLW, but where my apathy is is they've got to have 10 years. They've got to have kids grow through the system, develop, you know, the endurance, the skills, Um is that who's eating? Someone's eating. I can hear slurping or eating in my headset. But um, at the moment, at the moment, I disagree with Sammy. The skill level for me is, mate. I could go out there and I could kick longer than most of these um, athletes that aren't really even genuine footballers. Some of them, um, some of them, you know, all come from different codes. I'm waiting for that girl that's 12 and 13 now, who plays junior footy, goes up the ranks, and then. Um, gets in the AFLW. That's the girl I want to follow. Well, I can tell you, Tiggs, well, I was, uh, my young fellas trying it for the Trailgun under-18s yep. as a bottom major. Yeah. And and on the same night, so the, so the 16s, 18s train the same night, but also the uh, Trailgun women's team. And it's a junior, it must be like under-16s or under-18s. Yeah. And the numbers, the numbers of girls playing footy, it is unbelievable. Like, they, they've got 20-plus. And that's fantastic. Um, trying it for this team. So... So look, That's what I want. And they're those girls that you're talking about. And yeah, you know, they're the they're, girls. They're going quite well. They're the girls I will go, I'll pay, and I'll go sit in the stands, and I, you know, on my word, I'll watch them and I'll support them. Like, that Colton-Richmond game on the weekend, it, it, it broke my heart. Like, I didn't watch, <laughs> but I listened to it on the radio. And there was a passage of play where a Colton girl was streaming into the forward 50. She was inside the arc. She had a shot and went 15 metres. Lucky for her. Um, one of their forwards managed to get the ball and kick a goal. You know, I'm like, 
it's no disrespect for who's playing, but they just, it's like getting me out there with a the jumper, you know, a bunch of us, you know. Yeah. I can't follow that. For me, well, I can't follow that. I had a sick, perverse pleasure. Like, our, our men's team has been kicking ass for, for a decade now, right? winning a lot of games. So I found the um, game day threads before we started improving <laughs> the last couple of games. Those those game day threads on the big footy board for the women's, they were like a throwback to the dark old days of our men's <laughs> team with blokes yeah. who can't kick and this person needs to be dropped. I was seriously like Emperor Palpatine in um, Star Wars. I was like, let it flow through you. Let the hate flow. It was just a throwback to some of the commentary there. It was unbelievable. Like, it was good the passion was there and people took it seriously and they want the team to improve. But by geez, it was a time warp too, mate. It took me back to like freaking 2008 and all sorts of stuff. It was crazy. They are. Yeah. They've, got scope, they've got scope to drag a few games this year. I get what you mean, Tiggs. And the exciting thing about women's football is the amount of talent pathways now available yeah. coming through the race. And that's what I'm excited about. The the growth in women and girls comps across the country is ridiculous, like to the point where leagues can't keep up with it. I know COVID's kind of maybe caused a bit of issues with registrations and things like that. But for a participation point of view, um, it's through the roof. And those next breed that do come through will change the way the game looks, I feel. But um, I, I, I enjoy watching what's being produced now. They've got to start somewhere. Um, you know, you've got good players like Katie Brennan running around, Courtney Wakefield up forward. It looks dangerous. And um, Hannah Birchall, who we sponsored last year, is really forming into a role on the wing, which is nice. So hopefully we can get a win sooner rather than later. And like you said, the girls can sing the song. Yeah, well, I'd just like to also say, Jolzy, Kim, if you're listening, clearly I'm an involved man and Tiggs is a bit of a caveman. That's all I'm saying. I'm, well, I'm no, involved. Well, <laughs> thank you very much, CB. But just to, just, to, just to be as transparent as I can, I'm, I'm, I'm a European, right? I follow the round game. But in Australian um, soccer, I can't follow it. Even yet, because the standards and skills aren't there compared to um, the European clubs, right? So yeah, I'm not... Yeah, so I'm not holding any um, – I'm not judging the A-League differently from AFLW. I want to follow both codes. I really do. But AFLW for me is – it's in its infant stage. I'll just wait for it to grow up before I latch on to it. And I'm not – look, I'm not like some people, you know, I'm not 50-50, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not a warm latte. I'm a hot coffee. That's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's all or nothing, right, Steve? It's all or nothing, right? <laughs> I'm your, I'm your, I'm chai. <laughs> you chai latte. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the chai latte of women's football followers. Anyway, let's talk about Eddie Maguire. Let's talk about the yeah, I, Mr. Mr. Foot in the Mouth. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Pretty big news in the off-season. I know we are obviously a Richmond-based podcast, but we do like to take game at other people when, and other clubs when we get half a chance. So... Uh, Eddie stepping down. What was everyone's thoughts on it? CB, start with with you on this one. Um, you know, I thought he hit his use by date a few years ago, um, and I respect what Eddie has done for Victorian football and on a national level because he has done a lot of good things, and that can't be overlooked. He's he's definitely left a legacy, but unfortunately for all the good he's done, he's not going to be really remembered for that. He's going to be remembered um, as the guy who who basically uh, let his club evolve to uh, into the situation it is now with uh, issues of racism and systemic racism too within the club. So unfortunately for all the good he's done um, and, and, and AFL has lost a very strong president, uh, he, he had to go. He, he's my take. He could not 
you couldn't see the year out given everything that had happened and everything that had come to light. That's how I see it. Yeah, my take, Michaels, is first of all, it was a proud day for his club when he resigned. No, but that's me just joking. Um, look, it, history repeats, and Eddie Maguire reminded me so much of Graham, <laughs> Graham Richmond, our president, was just in the job for too long. Um, he did a lot for football. I agree with that. A lot for his club, which is the main thing I'll focus on. Look, if we in the in the um, 2090s had someone like Eddie, that's who we were crying out for. Someone that bled for the club, put the club in front of everything else, um, and brought players along that brought into that. Um, similar to what Gail, Peggy, March, um, Street, and, and the fellows have done um, prior to obviously Gail and Peggy. So, look, I wasn't sad he went. He's Look, he's a yobbo. He's just a yobbo in a suit. And that's not a bad thing. I'm a bit of a yobbo. Um, but, you know, he had a media personality, got the gig, um, loved his club. I'll, I'll give him full respect for that. But, um, you know, if you could have a player in your club being called Chimp, right? Now, I'm, your, I'm, I'm a wog, right? I've had players, people call me wog, and um, I've got black mates that, you know, that they go through racism as well and all that sort of stuff. I still cop it. Even now I've been going for some job interviews. I actually have one particular English uh, company. I'll, I'll leave it at that. That I copped a bit of, um, I could just smell the racism from. Um, so I quickly pulled, withdrew my application after the second interview. But um, it's still there a bit too. I, I would die if we had, let's say, Mark Miranda or one of our players, Rioli. His nickname was Chimp. That just for common sense across the whole playing group. She said, no, no, that's not right. That's not okay. Yeah. So Eddie, for falling on his sword, fell on his sword way too late. It should have been done when he, if he let it let it go, that's when it should happen. Buckley should have fell on his sword because it's under his watch. Um, Eddie was forced to fall on his sword. That's the only thing that's that I will not forget. Eddie, yes, you, you're great for your club, mate. You did some good things for the comp. Not not you weren't um, the second coming, but you did some good things for the comp. But you really let yourself down in a leadership role by allowing. Um, your whole club to refer to uh, uh, one fellow as chimp, even though he might have been okay with it. That's irrelevant. You know, it's just, it's just, you just don't do that. It's wrong. Um, and to, and Nathan Buckley, got to have a good hard look at yourself, mate. Pendleberry, good hard look at yourself. So everything that they, while Pendlebury's there, while, um, while Buckley's there, all this thing about, you know, connectivity, well, that is utter shit. And that's why they didn't win the flag. They had that one spurt good year in 18 um, or 19. Um, yeah, they improved in 18 and in 19, that's when they beat us in the preliminary final. But it wasn't long lasting. And, it, and they were trying to copy us in our connectivity and how we grow. And because yeah, it was built on sand. Yeah, but it was built on sand. And, that, and Eddie resigning proves it with what's come out, you know that their culture is not togetherness, where you can call one of your, your players chimp no. and everyone's okay with it. Thinking, ah, oh, it's no harm. And that's why it, I'll that, be forever grateful for the culture instilled by Benny and Peggy yes. and Dimmer and Fantastic. It's a, it's a plus. It can't be faulted. And I, I know you'll probably touch on it shortly, uh, CB, with the bullshit going on surrounding us. But within those four walls, as Dimmer likes to say, I, I reckon they are rock solid and have, have got the right thing going. Uh Oh, enough of Eddie. Well done to him, but good riddance. Um, yep. CB, you, you've got a bloodbath lined up. 
I do. We need an intro for this. I've got to try and work out how to do that. But anyway, you've got a bloodbath. <laughs> I do. So I'm just going to select three journalists and three paragraphs, and then we'll have a bit of a talk about it. First one, John Ralph. The Tigers, the Tigers will... He's not a Tiger supporter. <laughs> just let me go. John Ralph. The Tigers will now hope they can move on having sufficiently addressed the ramification of Hardwick's decision. And yet, as was noted by many of the assembled media at Punt Road, the Tigers wouldn't want to be 1-3 this year. Mark Robinson. Damien Hardwick's wife... (laughs) Damien Hardwick's life is no one's business. But if the Tigers stumble, questions will be asked. Caroline Wilson believes it's going to be difficult for the coach to retain authority over his players if any of them slip up, given the nature of his own personal circumstances. Now, firstly, who are these people to take any moral high ground on anyone else? It's outrageous. Hardwick's personal relationship even made the gossip sessions of newspapers. This sordid reporting of she's a junior, she's 35 years old for God's sake, And since when has someone's private personal circumstance become something with which should be used as a tool to judge and potentially denigrate someone in their professional workspace? The reality is if we tried that, we'd be given a lemon and sass from our um, workplaces, and rightly so. The AFL media has become a sick joke. Caroline Wilson is now the new priestess of morality. Spare me. All I can hope is moving forward is our club rightfully treats people like Robinson, Ralph, let's face it, he's not a Tiger, and Wilson with the disdain they deserve. It's becoming time where we just use our own media arm to inform our base. The rest can go to hell. Yep, agree. Bravo, bravo, sir. Bravo. bravo. Yep, with you on that can one. Can I, you know how toxic it became? There was an, um, on the Herald Sun, they actually had this, this heading, and I could not believe it when I read it. Um, is is it impossible now for Hardwick to be considered a legend legendary coach because of his um, relationship? Like, seriously, so many people get divorced. Are you telling me that you cannot say if you're if you're a mate, I don't know if Gundy was married, but if Gundy got divorced, is all of his good work mean nothing? Now, I just want to say something, and I'm not going to be I'm not going to make a joke about it because it, 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 this is too serious for them to. The media to be on that sort of power trip where they can, uh, let's call a spade a spade, attack a bloke, attack the woman that he's now with, um, use um, uh, use um, his ex-wife, um, you know, obviously angry tweet, which was one tweet, which is good on her. It's, you know, she's a human being, and try to create something that was not there. That's what it was. It was a made-up pile of bullshit. Um, I mentioned, obviously, before some of the stories broke on, on Twitter that um, most most of the club knew this, you know, March, April last year, what was going on. We still won the flag. And, yeah, but, and, yeah it's just they kept it all in-house. Um, so, Tiggs, we have a culture. We've specifically the last four, six, with Brandon Ellis, with the Triple H culture. We don't push away imperfections and we don't, denigrate people and put people down within our four walls. We put our arms around them. That's we it. surround them with love and care and we get them through it. And, and this is the thing too is getting a divorce and realising your relationship's not working is not a mistake. But he, but what, what Hardwick's done now, I'm, I'm happily married and I don't, 
I'm, I'm not in hard with situation. I've never, thank God, have not had the position where I've got a divorce from my wife and my wife said that with me. But um, I haven't gone through that. But the amount of pain that both of them would have gone through and Hardwick's first thought was obviously once it all broke and, and all the media and all that sort of stuff, he, you know, again, the players first came back. Any, any questions, anything? And he, went, and he obviously had the discussion with them. So um, it's just, look... It, it just really poor. It was dirty by the, the media. And for for a, a writer like Robbo with the clo- skeletons in his closet. Oh, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> of all like, people. Seriously. And John Ralph, Johnny Ralph, right? He's blocked me from Twitter, right? But he is the fakest Richmond support. He's an Essendon man, right? 100% Essendon man. But what he is, he's, he's just a, he's a yellowback snake. He... Try, had tried all last year and this year to create just bullshit stories. Anything he could create or lie about and get caught lying about, um, he he has – I hope the AFL media says, okay, there's now accountability. Mitch Cleary, you got sacked one, rehired. You again start sprouting your bullshit like you started to do. Like you Johnny Routes, you're going to get crunched. And it's not just about Richmond – bullshit about Richmond, but obviously I'll focus on that because that's what I read about. But other clubs, they just basically lie. And I hope the AFL, as an industry, starts blackballing them. I do know. I I do know. This is this you can take to the bank. This you can take to the bank. That the Richmond Football Club has let the Herald Sun know and other media personalities that they're extremely unhappy with them. Extremely unhappy with them. That you could take to the bank. I know that the person I got it from. Hundred percent. Well, I'll I'll give you a scenario, Jigs. We just watched Danny Frawley put his car into a tree, right? We've seen players get death threats, right? Now, if they pursue a goal, like coaching, AFL coaching is a very high-pressure, tense job, right? It's relentless. It's all-encompassing. If the media start pursuing a bloke through his personal life, into his personal life, like into his professional life, that has the ramification for people. You think of people's mental health. So they pursue this bloke. If he goes and does something silly, right, they then go, oh, oh. Are they then going to be right? Oh, yeah, his legacy legacy was tarnished because he did this? Nah. It's no, bullshit. Did, yeah. They'll, they'll cause all the problems, but as soon as he, someone acts, acts on them, they'll just talk about all the good, good he did. That's what Correct, shits me right? about him. They just yep. water off a duck back. That just shits me to tears about him. But, yeah, nah. You're right. Um, so they good bloodbath. But yeah, they make, good you know what? Bath. I'm not going to give him any more, any more air time. They're just pathetic. The media yeah, is just stuff. absolutely pathetic. Fuck them. All right, we'll move on to Dimmer, the man himself. Uh, yeah. Contract extension in the works, which is pleasing to hear for all Tiger people, I dare say. Funny how far it's come since, oh, what, 2016 when people wanted him gone, yeah. maybe a takeover, and now here we are with three flags later and going to hopefully extend yeah. his contract. God uh, bless him. Just short and sharp on this one. How long do you think they should extend it for, Tiggs? Oh, I reckon three to four years um, because it takes about three to four years to regenerate a list. So let's say, for example, they re-sign him this year. Um, so we'll put this as next year is the first year. Um, no, he ends his contract finishes next year, doesn't it? I'm actually not too sure. I mean, it must yeah, be yeah, it soon, finishes uh, finishes next year. So they're just getting in early, I think. So basically, so, 2023 would be his first year, and he gets three to four years. Yeah. So I reckon, yeah, leading up to 26, 26, 27. That's a you know enough time to get the transition over and get us back to peaking again, competitive. And he, he's earned it, mate. I'd hope we don't do a mistake and go, oh, it's dimmer. 
see out the rest of your career with us. So he's eight years or something like that. Every three to four years, he's a perfect yeah. um, to keep him, you know, keep him accountable, but keep the players confident that, you know, if you sign on with us, you're probably going to have one coach across your whole career. And how good is it to be able to say that? Because as a Richmond supporter, not many Richmond players have just had one coach across their whole career. Oh, We're finally giving our players that, which is fantastic. CB, what's your view on the length of contract on offer? Two years with an option of a third. Oh, yeah. That's harsh. <laughs> Two years. Two years. Hey, well, he may not want to. He may not want to coach beyond that point. He might be knackered and tired as well. He's been doing it for over a decade. So. No, he's, he's not tired, mate. Playing, playing the long game for a second. I think I would, I would like to see three to four years as well. Playing the longer game further away from that. Um, what, what is your views on the next coach? Do we the succession plan? How, how is that best suited to work? Do you think, CB? Oh, I think you just go through a regular process. I think you would have just a, like a panel, and you just put it. Out. You'd approach people that you want to coach, but like want to coach the club. I just, I think it depends on the age profile list too. Like if we've still got half the team still playing that's playing now, still playing then, you could probably go for more of an established coach. Um, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I've never thought about life after dinner, if I'm honest with you, mate. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. my my point of view is I'm not into like Essendon did and other clubs have done like Melbourne did where they have a senior and they guide someone through. That's just bullshit for me. I reckon when you make the decision to get rid of a coach, um, you have a short list already for the time. Who do you believe is the best for the job? And you just get the person that's best for the job. What's great with our list, though, if it ever happened and Dimmer, um, I don't ever see us parting in bad terms. So I reckon... Um, I'd be open to the fact is if they see a coach that they really, really like um, and he's out of contract, get him in um, a year early um, while Dim is still at the helm. Um, and that could be the year of, you know, induct- an induction year about the Richmond culture and how what we've done because we are unique. We've developed a unique system. So I'd be open to that and but might be open and transparent about it and let everyone know there's no, you know, this is what's happening. He, this person will be our new coach, but Dimmer will be with us for the year. He'll be in charge for that year, Dimmer. This person won't. He's more of a learning about the Richmond players. It give, it'll give that person the one-on-one time without the pressure to get to know each player individually, all that sort of stuff. Assess the playing list with Dimmer's experience and, you know, go on from there. But, yeah. At, no. least, at least we've seen how not to do it. That's the important yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I've worked it out. I know who's going to be our next coach. Dustin Who, Martin. He's just going to roll into... This, this, yeah. is, this, is, this, this is how it's going to work, right? Ralphie's going to come to the club. We'll keep Dusty till he's 38, mate. He's going to captain coach from 35 to 38, playing yeah. coach. Go <laughs> no, hold school. Why not? You can do sort of. Dusty. Why not? We'll, we'll happily do that. Um. Speaking of signings, Prestia and Grimes put pen to paper. It's Fantastic. not every day you get uh, three or well, two, three times premiership players who want to stick around and, and get some more success. They're probably well, both within their rights to look elsewhere and probably would have received offers that were far better oh. than what we could offer given how we've structured our cap. So credit to them for staying and they, they're obviously heavily buying into what we're trying to do and they still believe there's more success yet to come. Uh, the interesting thing I want to note is I keep being told about this max exodus that's going to happen because of cap space, but I'm yet to see it. Yeah. And the thing is, they were forced to do it. Like, I was expecting it because you had our young brigade leading the way. So you had Baker, for example, re-signing on. We had a few um, re-signings towards the latter part of last year. 
Um, so this is just an extension from that. But how good is like I don't undersell how much money was thrown at Prestia, how much absolute money would have been thrown at him to prime out of our club for him to commit so early to us. Um, is brilliant because he's the player in the midfield that everyone needs. You know, someone that he, he works all day. He's, he's, he's humble. He hasn't got an ego about him, but he always gets the ball. He always distributes the ball in, with quality and can score goals if he needs to. So, um, and he, he's the type of midfielder that gets your engine running. And Grimes is Grimes. Um, look, he would have been after the same ditto for Grimes. He would have been equally sought after, but he's a Richmond man. Um, it's just a funny, I can't ever see him in a different jumper, so I'm just stoked no. both of those are signing. Yeah. All right. Uh, next bit of contract news. Now, yeah. we've, we've signed this one to you specifically, Tiggs, because there's been a yeah. bullshit Yeah, I want to get a bit, yeah, I want to get a bit of clarification going on on the Martin situation. Yeah, all this. Sure. You've yeah, all seen I, the news. I love Ralphie. Ralph just doing Ralphy things again and um, putting putting yeah. the word out there to bump up his price, I imagine. But oh. um, what have you heard? Just, yeah, just quickly, right? Just quickly. That was just a made-up bullshit. That was just made up by a reporter from Sydney who spoke to Ralph and, you know, apparently um, the reporter go, well, Sydney's losing buddy. Dusty would be a perfect fit, so let's make it happen, right? Um, Ralph would milk it because Ralph would know that – Dusty's still got three years left of his contract, right? The noise has been, and I even said this last year, that we were looking at um, rejigging contracts. I was open and honest with you guys with that, you know, with Jack, with Koch, Dusty and all this sort of stuff, right? With Lynch, who just had re- who just came to the club. We were looking at a, lo- a medium-term view and go, how can we rejig our contract level to keep this all list together? That's the process, what I referred to in a tweet. That's, that's happening 100%. Um, I know it's happening. So... I would not be surprised that Dusty's gone to Ralph and said, hey, you know, the club's approach, obviously approached us. They want me to rejig my last three years, um, maybe to a lower amount, but they're going to extend me by an additional two. Um, what do you reckon? Or it, might, or it might be, you know, next year, that's when we'll do it. You know, end of next, so this time next year, if that makes any sense. So, and Ralph has just gone, you know, it's a good idea just to remind the club how much he's worth, right? Um, knowing that it means nothing, knowing he's locked to us for three years. But um, he's just doing what a manager to do if he can squeeze any extra dollar. But what I think is going to happen, and which I would not be surprised, with two years left of Dusty's contract to go, it would be re, he'll be extended. I reckon he'll be extended for an additional four years um, from that two years left. Um, that will see him right up to mid-30s because he's 30 now, isn't he? Or oh, he's just turning 30. 30. Yeah. He's just turning 30. I think you're 32 when his contract expires. Yeah, so it'll take him to 36, 35, 36. Australian um, coaching, like CB said. There it is. Well, that, 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 he'll, yeah. he'll play till he's 35, 36, right? 100%, right? He's, the, he's just got the body makeup. He's Because he, he, he he's not a burst. He's not an athlete, like a burst endurance freak. So, you know, he does what he needs to do in the midfield, but then he floats forward and he can stay in that forward, patrolling that forward 50 um, you know, for years and years and years. So, um, yeah, he'll be a one-club player. But that's what I see what happening. In, but I see that happening sooner than later because of the COVID shit. Oh, um, reduction in the cap. Because um, we've got to make up, what is it, 3% somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're doing... We're the, asking our players to take a 5% haircut across the board. Yeah. I think I heard it was more. I heard it was close to 7. Um, I heard it was close to 7. A few clubs have actually gotten more. Off their playing group, though it's not advertised, it's not well known, but I heard it was more that we've, um, most of our senior core have reduced, 
but they're going to get paid back a portion of that percentage, but not all of it. So all I can say is that I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Dusty re- restructures. We are. This is the thing, though. Um, we have got cap, right? We have got – we've got – we've. Got, I reckon we've got enough cap, If depending on how the year goes from how I think it will – I'm not going to say we're going to be getting an outright legend gun, but um, we're going to be – We this off-season was – nothing was not going to happen. But this off-season coming um, – or the off season after that, I think we've got to. We just got to wait till Jack retires. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, but Jack, someone on a fairly big money, um, will have to go before we can get somebody else. If, um, but in saying that, I've I've heard a couple of that a couple of players do want to come to us. So, and that still hasn't changed. So who knows if they come yeah. to us? This, this year will be interesting, especially with the two first be, round yeah. picks. Now we've got the currency now to to potentially make a move if we have to. Now, I reckon we'll go to the draft, but I do know that um, because the players are all taking pay cuts, um, sort of their value is not dropped. If that it drops slightly, if that makes any sense, because everyone's getting less. So, you, you know, you can pay a lesser amount, and that might actually work to our favour. And I think um, – I'm trying to be cautious what I say, guys. For the listeners, I'm not trying to chop and change, but I haven't spoken to anyone to get permission with anything. Um, the original has just got to just nut out the dusty stuff, but there's there's – Listen to the podcast. It's going to evolve, but once I get permission with a few things, I'll start to feed it out. But, yeah, we're in a perfect place. We're in a perfect position, this club. It's so well run. So, yeah. What we want. Just got yeah. a sex addict for a coach. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, just got to Come on, you're better than that, Steve. If he wasn't going to America, he's going to, like, Reed Betty Ford Clinic or something. Oh. <laughs> That's one for you, Ralphie. <laughs> Oh, all right. Um, we'll push on to the VFL before we get ourselves in trouble. Now, you, you raised this one, CB, and it's a really interesting one that you've raised with the VFL being the new East Coast comp. Um, and you just wanted to share some thoughts about it and just even maybe outline a bit a bit more of what it's about. Okay, so what I'll do, I'll, I will outline what it's about and then we'll, we'll gauge some thoughts on it. So we're now moving to a Eastern Seaboard, Eastern Seaboard competition, for those who don't know. But here's the best bit. The VFL will still be known as the VFL in 2021. So hashtag Vic Bias still exists. It's back. It's back. <laughs> so they're going to call it VFL, but they're still bringing in clubs from New South Wales and Queensland. So what it's going to be, it's a 16-game season across 19 rounds, including three buys, which will be played leading to a top eight final series. The finals will begin on Saturday, the 28th of August, and the grand final will be played on the weekend of September 18 slash 19, which is the perfect lead-in for the grand final weekend for us, for the AFL. The VFL clubs in 2021 will be standalone clubs, Aspley, Coburg, Frankston, Northern Bullance, Port Melbourne, Southport, Werribee and Williamstown. The standalone AFL clubs will be Brisbane Lions, Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Footscray, Geelong, Gold Coast, GWS, North Melbourne, Richmond and Sydney. And the aligned clubs will be Sandringham, Box Hill Hawks and Casey Demons. So the fixture for this new competition will be released very shortly. They're saying they were saying by the end of February. And the practice matches will begin in March. So an expanded competition, I personally like it. 
What I would have liked to have seen, though, is maybe if we just had the standalone AFL clubs play in a competition, and there was a relegation promotion with the other side of it, if that makes sense. There's a bit of an incentive. That's the only thing I would have changed. But overall, I actually don't mind it, and I'm excited to see uh, how the interstate clubs actually stack up. I think it's good. I, I just like the fact that there's going to be a competition for the developing place, not only from our club, but all other clubs uh, to play in because doing those makeup bullshit scratch matches they had to do during the hub life would have been really tough having to try and find form to try and put your hand up to get picked. So if expanding it gives people more chances and more opportunity to be seen and, and potentially go into that mid-season draft, I think that's a good thing for everyone. Yes. Tiggs? Oh, yeah, no, I agree with everything said. All right. No, well, hopefully we can see some bloody Richmond games on TV as well. Oh, that kills me when, when I know we're playing them and I can't watch it. So hopefully we get some VFL coverage. And I would just like to put it there as a historical fact that Richmond won the last ever VFL flag in Victoria. Oh, okay. Well, the company doesn't exist anymore, does it? We're now, no. we're now going to an Eastern Seaboard comp. So, yeah, it's another little thing for the Tigers. Put that in the trivia box. All right, we'll touch on uh, AFL ticketing. I know we sort of talked about it a bit at the top. So we've kind of come to the conclusion that we're expecting about 50,000 capacity for round one. Um, and you, you went over CB, the, uh, the phone call you had about the, the ballot and how that's going to work. I think it's going to be six tickets max per person. But from what I've heard, all people... So if you're going to try and book four tickets, the four people you're putting into the ballot with have to be the same level and same... Um, area of membership as yourself so if you sit in different spots or whatever it might be I think it just gets flat out rejected um, you guys might be able to confirm or deny that that's just what I've heard I, from I, my sister but well, well they'll, they'll, they'll roll it out in stages for what I understand so, so if you're a 3121 member for example you know and, and your family is you go into the ballot but you're not guaranteed to actually get a seat that makes sense so the way they're staging it so they're doing like those 3121 like depending on levels of membership they're going to roll it out in two ballots, right? So you've got two, two, two separate ballots going for the same lot of seats. So there's going to be a lot of heartache and disappointed people while there's reduced capacity, but it's the fairest way that they can think to do it. So, and I think the odds are if you get one game, probably the odds are you won't get to the second, yeah. I would and suggest. The other thing to keep in mind too, people, when you're entering this ballot, that even though the capacity is, let's say, 50,000 for the MCG at round one, Twenty to 25,000 of those tickets are going to be taken up by AFL members, MCC, and the corporates. So yeah. in reality, there's probably actually only twenty to 25,000 tickets left for the two clubs. And I'm not sure what the split is between Richmond and Carlton, but I wouldn't be against that lot of tickets being <coughs> just for the home club, like kind of like with EPL do, with the away teams only getting essentially a cheer squad, basically. Um, I know that might not seem fair to the other team, but... You know, all all the Victor- all clubs pretty much have twenty to twenty five thousand. If that doesn't get exhausted, then yeah, open it up to the opposition fans. But yeah, it's going to be a bit of a shit fight. I agree with you, Mike. I agree with you, Michael. My biggest issue is, like I've sort of conditioned, like all the boys said to me, like Dad, we're going around one, we're going around one, go around one. It sort of broke my heart. I had to tell them, look, you know what? Um, we're going to watch it on TV, and I couldn't believe I was saying it. Um, and the reason I did that is. Because for me to go to the football, I've got a family of six, right? And then I've got two mates that always come with us. Um, so the eight of us can't go together. And it's not going to be the same. So I sort of um, I sort of um, have bit the bullet on that early. But one way they can fix it, 
and I'm and I've already given my feedback to the club on this. Um, I've, I've also emailed the AFL and the MCC. Is uh, MCC members the AFL needs to go to the MCC and say, you know what, you've got a percentage of your MCC members that are also AFL members, right? That's naturally what they do. But you also got another percentage of MCC members that just don't go to games. What we're going to do because of special circumstances. All MCC members' um, allocation actually just goes to the clubs, the two clubs at that day for the first round. And, you know, let the AFL compensate the MCC financially for whatever sales that they miss out on or whatever it is. Um, That way, most supporters that actually truly support for the club can actually go and see it. Um, it, Look, till we get to 100% capacity, you know, 50 this sounds, you know, people are going to miss out. 75 people are going to miss out. You're always going to get people that are going to miss out. So the clubs are in a no-win situation here, but, yeah, it's – um I've, I've already sorted a bit. Till about round eight, you won't be going to the football. That's my feeling. Well, the other thing as well, general, general uh, just walking in anymore, forget it. The only people who will be getting into these games will be – you'll have, have to have some form of membership. I think that's fair enough. If they're going to be, if they're going to have oh, cap limits, it. you can't have general public oh, yeah. walking in. General in public should have walked in. No, but you'll no, still have not. people. You'll still have people out there going, "Oh, it should be able to do." Well, bad yeah. luck, guys. But the, it's but not going to happen this year. The problem I've got though is, is they can't guarantee you'll be grouped. That's the problem. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be sitting with my wife on two seats, and then my son's on the other seat across fucking the same level, but you know, fifty seats down. It's just that's not going to work. Yeah, it's, it's you know definitely. I mean? It's definitely. I feel for the clubs. To be honest, it's a tricky issue to navigate. And I mean, no doubt they'll do the best they can. And there's going to be some upset people. But all I'll say is, don't take it out on the people on the phone that you speak to because it's That's not it. their decision. They're just the people relaying the message and organising tickets and doing all that kind of stuff. So please just be polite to your membership staff because it's not their call. They're just doing their job. Um, but hopefully, at some stage, we all get to go to a game at some point. But all the best and good luck to all those fans who do get to go. I think it's going to be great for the players and for the game to have people back in the stands. But hopefully we get to 100% sooner rather than later. But I don't I don't think it's going to happen for 2021, sadly. No. Now, a bit of social media popped up the other, well, yesterday with the footage from an Essendon, I think it was Essendon, intra-club game with the stand on the mark rule in its all its glory with a 50-metre penalty being paid for someone who took half a step off to the left when the player with the ball probably technically played on. Um, this is going to be an absolute just diabolical mess. And as we all know from previous experiences, our run, round one game, we're, we're literally us and Carlton are guinea pigs for new rules, um, and it's just a shit fest. So stand on the mark rule, CB, go for it. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin on this. This uh, Just with all the problems and the rules and interpretations we've got in the game, this is what they thought was a priority to bring in as opposed to we still have the under-10s rules of nominating rucks and stuff, and this is Hawking's brainchild. I just – the man won't be satisfied till our game resembles Auskick. It is so dumb. It is – I just can't believe that they actually thought this was going to be a good idea. And they've the umpires are already stressed and taxed enough as it is. They can't even get all the decisions right now. Right, they're human. So to bring in another rule and another thing that's going to cause another 200 to 250 decisions in a game, it is just bloody madness, sheer madness. And they're that arrogant. They're going to stick with this rule all year. And the poor old umps, and I feel for them in this case, 
the umps are going to cop an absolute pasting. Because you've got to remember, three different umpires have three different interpretations on the same thing. So one guy's going to be able to move a metre across and not get pinged by one umpire. He'll do it the same with another umpire. He'll get pinged. You know what I mean? We're going to have all these inconsistencies. So, so the umpires are actually being set up to fail. Is what's problem, happened. The other problem as well with the rule coming in, they're going to feel obliged to have to to pay it. Like they're going to be looking out for it to warrant its inclusion. Yeah, see, I'm I'm opposite you guys. I'm like so. First rule change. I'm not going to poo poo. Um, and I'll explain why. And it's firmly with uh, my Richmond hat on. I think this is the best rule that can. If they wanted to guarantee us a flag, they had to bring this rule in. This rule is going to benefit sides that handball love to flick the ball around um, and love to run forward of the ball, right? Love to aggressively one run forward. That's us to a T. What basically the problem with the Essendon vision that I saw um, that was just Bontepelli's mistake. What I think that guys are getting trained to do is as soon as they're on the mark, they clamp down basically their legs. They just like move their legs. If you don't move your feet, you will not get pinged. That's how they're being told. If you do not, you can move your, your your chest, but as long as your legs stay planted, you're safe. So what that's great is it allows the person with the ball to, you know, hit that 45-angled um, um, kick. But the smart clubs like ours are going to do this, a simple thing that is going to kill the, um, nullify the rule. You know when uh, you, they're, the ball's being marked or it's kicked to an opposition. It's generally one, two people contesting the ball. Um, so basically what's going to happen is one of them going to, one of those two players are going to, one's going to hit the mark and the other one's going to float back as a keeper. So if, so if that person with the ball wants to give it to the receiver and that receiver has to run forward, he's going to meet a blocker, right? Which is going to be the second. So it basically means um, in play, teams are going to run in packs. Um, that's how they're going to defeat the rule. Most sides don't do that. Richmond does. Richmond always have an extra at a contest, right? So, so I reckon... gonna, for us to adjust to it, and this is the defensive side of it, it's going to be perfect because let's say, for example, Grimes and Vloston, uh, well, you see it all the time in the game, right? Someone's kicking it to, the, um, kicking it to the, one of the forwards at, just outside the forward 50 yard. Grimes goes up on the mark, Vloston um, stays on the ground. The opposite forward marks the ball. Okay, so what happens is Grimes plants his feet, stays on the mark, does not move. What does Grimes do? What does Vloston do? He just he just follows like an invisible 15-metre arc from Grimes, if you can sort of paint like a semicircle. And basically, he protects that area. So the person with the ball will be forced to kick it basically at the same distance as the person who marked it. That's how we will defend it. Um, but for us... We always have players running left and right of the carrier. In every instance you watch a Richmond game, as long as it's not on the wing, we always have support left to right of the carrier. So what that's going to allow us to do is to feed off the ball. Um, If a side is not defending with a pair of markers, um, good luck catching them because the person trailing in is going to worry about the exclusion zone. Right? So... Yeah, umpires might make the odd blue, but I see this benefiting running sides. I see this benefiting sides with system, a zone system. So knowing where to kick the ball and when to kick it, like we have, we always seem to outnumber in a contest when we just kick the ball into space. Why? The players know where the ball's going. It's just going to benefit us. Um, What's going to hurt teams, funny enough, are like your Geelongs, like your GWS, who don't have mobile 
def- um, a mobile midfield, a mobile defensive half. They have height. Um, they have some quick players, but not many of them. We have that perfect balance of speed. Even our tall players are pretty quick. Most sides don't have that. So the team that has more of the potato, lumbering potatoes, uh, that's going to hurt them a bit. But, um, yeah, I can't wait for the rule. I just can't wait for it. I reckon the rule actually benefits the teams who do do more chip, chip mark, chip kick mark game styles. I think this game, this actually rule brings them into it. But it doesn't, personally. though. You know why? Let's say, for example, you look at Geelong, right? Perf- perfect prototype for who you reckon it will favour, right? So when they do is they chip kick to a ball, then one person will run to space and they chip kick it to that person, right? But what's going to happen is smart teams, the reason that doesn't work at the moment because you close that space down. You can still close that space down because you... You're, you've still got the kicker kicking the ball. It's, that rule doesn't favour them. It's The same thing will still happen. What it favours, um, what it will force teams to do to try to take advantage of it, is the kicker is not going to kick it. He's going he's gonna to release the ball by hand. That's Because kicking at 45 metres, because you've still got to kick over, over 15 metres, right? So as long as you're manning up, he's not going to do the short kick into danger into the corridor, um, if that person is going to be mad, he just won't do it. So it's going to, it's, it's, it's designed to um, release that overlap run right in the midfield, right down in the corridor. So that's what teams are going to be trying to utilise. Geelong doesn't do that extensively. Um, um, teams like that will benefit a Richmond. Teams that will benefit will be Brisbane, will benefit from it um, because they have the smallish type running midfielders like we have. Um, they don't have to be lumbering. It yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. But look, it needed to happen. It needed um, it needed to free up because the shit. It t- see, people go, oh, re- blame Richmond. Oh, Richmond's the reason people don't score, but then ignore the facts that we're one of the most high scoring sides. What this rule will hurt? Get ready for this. Mark my words. Your shit teams, your North Melbournes, your Coltons, your Hawks are now basically getting to that level. Your Melbourne. Uh, they're going to be split open because at the moment, the way they're defending to minimise damage is that they um, crowd the mark. You know, Hawthorne does it. You know how they 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 bump off the person that's on the mark? You know, when you, the yeah. person's marking the ball? You can't do it anymore. You can't do it. You're not allowed to do it. You can't push him. You can't touch the, mark, the person that's standing the mark. So, and the reason why they do that, right, is because they need to free up that plus one close to where the ball is because they don't have the coverage because they, they, they've got plotters trying to chase other players. They haven't got the endurance base. To, so that's going to hurt them. Teams that can't keep pace with your good teams, you know, in open play um, or transitional play, they're going to get freaking crucified because they're not going to have that extra um, extra minute or so that the person marking allows them to still the scrag on, still the block and hold up. They're not going to have that. Um, so they're going to get absolutely cut up. Oh, but yeah, well, I suppose we'll get a first look at it on Friday, I suppose. So I'll be interested to see how we go about it and um, on how it impacts our game style. Pre-season. Now, I, I know you're pretty happy with how you wrote this, CB. Who are the Bolters, but spelt B-A-L-T-A-S. <laughs> it was very clever. Um, <laughs> we'll go around the table quickly because we'll, we'll wrap it up shortly. Tiggs, who's been your pre-season standard? Who are you looking forward to seeing? Yeah, look, um, obviously Bolter for me, um, he looks like he's gained more size, so I'm looking forward to see him. I want Rioli just to play VFL, um, get used to the culture of the club. Um, but, yeah, I, I read Cochin's report that he, he seems electric. Um, but for me, Liam Baker 
is the one for me. Everything I've been told, and I haven't obviously seen, I haven't been to training, but everything I've been told is he's gone up, not an extra level, an extra couple of levels. Dusty, um, obviously, it's well spoken. He's just going, he's just, he's, I love Dusty. But um, yeah, I would have to say Baker for me. Baker, Baker I like him. And look, Roy, Roy LaCaula, Dawkins Jones, and, you know, RCD and all that, it's great. But for me, that I really think going to be classified in our top 15 players. Baker will be cemented Baker, in that spot. I like it. I think a lot of Richmond people will like to hear that too. <laughs> CB, who's, who are you looking forward to seeing? Uh, uh, I want to see Bolton go to the next level again. I want to see Jack Ross get cemented in that midfield. And Jake the Snake Arts. Oh, your man. You like him? Yeah, Arts. My, my man Arts. I want yeah. him to cement his spot. Him or Caddy. Like, you know, I, I, I look, Arts, we, we're going for a bolter. Um, I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna chuck it on the dark shark. I'm going arts. There's my preseason bolter. You know no, who I'd love though, my man, the one that I supported since fucking the Mate, first podcast. He, he, no, no, oh. no. Uh, McIntosh. I hope he continues his form oh, and goes up oh, another level. He's, he's no, a Macca, you two you haters, fucking. Oh, broad, broad, and McIntosh are mine. Nah. Macca for me, mate. I called it. No, I called him first. first podcast. I called him. CB, you missed out, mate. You go, got, you go. Your players. I've got my um, arms around you, mate. CB, interesting one. With Prestia missing the first couple of weeks with injury, do you, I think, or do you reckon that that opens up the spot for Ross to take more midfield grunt, or will it be Bolton? It's probably two different plays. Ross probably makes more sense. I, again, do you go like for like or do you use it for an injection of pace? Because like I said, you could see Bolton going into the middle and that gives Arts back into the team, yeah. which allows us you know, another pressure forward scoring forward. Or do you just bring Ross in and you've got Bolton as your midfield? You know what I mean? They, Bolton, they, they rotate. Yeah. I think we can all agree that Bolton plays his best footy in the guts yeah. as well. So I think we he's, need to try and get in there as much as possible. But yeah. I know what you mean. If, if it means we can bring in another pressure forward in Arts, that... Yeah, it's a, it's a good headache to have, I suppose. Although we'd it's rather great. press to your playing, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's great. Look, um, Ross, I hope he I hope he gets in. I hope he plays sixteen games um, and cements his spot. I, I love the kid. Um, but getting Ross in the midfield is actually going to help Bolton stay in the midfield. Um, and we need Bolton and Edwards together in that midfield. Yes. Yep. And, you, you got your left side, right side, and you got both creativity at either either angle of that square. You've got your grunt in Ross, you know, you've got you've got your and your cochin, um, you've got the grunt there too. So it's just a perfect inside square mix, you know what I mean? Be able to feed it to the outside runners. It's mate, we're in such a good good spot. And, 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 and you just mentioned there's the other one. Jack Graham. Keep your eye on him. Keep your eye on him. He looks he's, real fit and strong. Yeah, he he's, does. He's he could be the next bolter as well, because um that kid's what is his third year and third year seniors? Yep. Yep. So 17, 18, 19, 20. So yes, coming before you. So he's just about ready to really start getting the whips cracking. And so I'm excited like to watch him. He's working on his outside game a bit too, which really interests yeah. me. And you know what? In his junior, he was. Um, I heard I when we drafted him, I read a fair bit about him. And you know, he used to be like a train. Like he would run through uh, rival midfielders because he was so much bigger than everyone around him. He's still got that. He's still bigger than most midfielders around him. Yeah, he's a unit, right? He's a unit. So 
hope he just I just want to be able to see him. I rate him. He's got a, he's got the hardest thing it takes midfielders to build is that elite endurance. He's got it. Right, he's not just one pace too. I noticed he's starting to improve that second, third gear. Um, I reckon it. Look, he, the future's all there for him to to seize with both hands, but he's quality, you know. Just needs to stay um, injury free too. He does, yeah, yeah, injury free. 100% confidence in your body, yeah. Um, and yeah, he'll just make us a better side. It's good to see him uh, on the training vision. There's no shoulder strapping. I'm pretty sure he ditched that yeah. later in the year as well last season. I think he was a lot more confident for it. So. Uh, we'll move on to, we've got, I think we've got one spot left on our list because uh, we'd like to welcome Ryan Mansell to the club officially. Yes. We've got a spot Can on I the just list. say something yep. about this kid? Can I just say something about this kid? I am freaking stoked by him, right? Absolutely stoked. If anyone wants to see vision on this kid, go and watch it. He screams to me, he's like a, a bit lighter version, tall, a little bit taller version than Baker, but he's got neat skills, um, but he, he's a mongrel. He's yeah, got that mongrel in him. Stuff. Yeah, but he's skillful. He's not a plotter either. He's no, he's got pace. Yeah, and he's gonna grow. He's got that frame that you can tell he's gonna he's gonna you know fill out. So and the beauty I about reckon... him is he didn't play a lot of footy as a junior. He was very much into cricket and soccer and things like that. So he probably still has a lot more learning and scope to yes. improve, even yeah. though he's already a pretty solid, uh, skilled player from what we've seen. Yeah. So I just I'm, hope he stays really injury free. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to stay because he reminds me. You remember Mark Dragasevich? Yeah, yeah, loved him. He, yeah, he had he had all the potential in the world, but then the injuries fucked screwed his development, right? And plus, he was in a shit club, right? If we be honest, he reminds me of him in the sense not they're not the same type of player, but potential wise, like he's he's, he's raw. Yeah, you know, he's got he's got a lot of yeah, he's got a huge ceiling on him. And the other one, Jordan, I want Jordan to get that spot, Gallucci. I want him to get it. He's exactly what we're missing. All right, that was my next question. Twice. Who do we want for that oh, last no. spot? So oh, you're, no. you're, Sorry. you're a plus one for Jordan Gallucci? Yeah, yeah, yeah. CB, sorry for jumping in. But, yeah, Jordan, I am that, I've got that much of a hard-on for him from what I saw with him at Adelaide. He does the rich thing. He kicks that ball forward with penetration. Um, and he's quick, very quick of mind and foot, um, which is – people say he's a little bit, you know, deer in the headlights. I, I disagree. Um, I, I, I disagree with that. I reckon he's, he's been cruel a bit with injury. Hopefully that Achilles is sorted, but I, I reckon he'd be per- he's perfect for us. So um, who's taking yeah. the last spot? Well, I think you're wrong. I think there's actually the mid-season draft as well. So I think you've actually got two spots, right? So, oh, really? but in, okay. Yeah. No, have we? But anyway, onto, onto this one. I would, I would say anyone who's critical of us having a look at Colucci. Um, probably want to go back and have a look at him. He is a very hard at it player. You can never have enough pace. And yep. he's got pace and he's got skill and he's hard at it. Bravo. And it's not his fault that he was in an absolute poo truck of a club. And don't understand um, that fact. That is a huge factor. Yeah, of bravo. Had, he would have been bravo. derived of confidence. Correct, That's exactly right. right. So now he's now he's training properly. He's, he's at a proper club. Let's call it what it is right now. If you had to compare Adelaide, Richmond, oh, one's a shit truck, one's a professional run club. Um, I I think Gallucci would be a very astute get. There's a reason he went at 16, and there's a reason the Tigers were into him yeah, um, before good. Adelaide picked him up. So yeah, yeah. and if you, yeah, very if you kind of read between the lines with Dimmer's body language when asked about him, you you would almost put a bit of money on that he's going to be a Tiger whenever the timing is, whether it's mid-season or now, whatever they want to do. Yeah. It's funny on Gallucci. So, like, so it comes out that Richmond were into him 
in his draft year back in 2016, right? Richmond were also in Denan Curvis in his draft year before the Swans got him. It's funny how Richmond have a knack of long-term getting their man. Yeah. They keep watching them, don't they? And yeah, yeah, and that's what's really important. Good, glad you mentioned it. We watch them even after they get drafted with other clubs. We never lose. We, we always keep an eye on them um, and ready to strike if you know if, if there's an opportunity to get them. So that's that's just a sign of a well, um, really well won organisation. So yeah, it's it's a good call, very good call. All right, the last topic, we've got a scratch match this Friday versus Melbourne, for those who don't know, being played out at Casey Field. Do not rock up because no one can attend, but the the club is putting up a live stream on their website. Now, I say no one can rock up. I did say to UCB I might try and sneak down and watch from the fence line, um, but <laughs> I'm not sure how my luck will go there. But um, Listeners, for the... For the record, Michael's told me he's he's currently working on a pot plant suit, like one of those palm tree ones where he can just sort of slip in there, cut the eyes out, and a little spot to put his phone so he can record it for us, right? That's actually what he was working on. Toy Story and get like the hamburger box and just sort of creep forward. (laughs) But uh, 9 a.m., I believe the game starts. So if you keep an eye on the club's website, they have said there's going to be a live stream up. Um, Hopefully it runs smoothly, but uh, it'd just be good to see some kind of footy. Uh, Just very quickly, gents, CB, what. What are your expectations for the scratch match and just what do you want to get out of it? Well, she's a six-quarter scratch match. So all I want to see is just get some run in the legs. They get to uh, you know, hit some other bodies that aren't, there, aren't our own clubs for a change and no injuries. I don't yeah. care what the score is, no injuries. Just get some miles in the legs. Yeah, no injuries. Yeah, no, 100% no injuries. And as I said today, CB, that the funny thing is it wasn't that long ago where all of us Richmond supporters were hanging off these scratch matches like our life depended on it, and our season was going to be based upon the outcome of this game. So yeah. if we put in a shit one, don't stress, folks. It's not the end of the world. We're just rolling rolling through the motions, trying a few things out, no doubt. But um, no injuries is 100% the way to go, Tiggs. And the only way you can watch it is, I would say, it was like today's um, Hawthorne-West Coast game. Oh, sorry, Hawthorne-Western uh, Bulldogs game. It was a members-only broadcast so um, I would imagine that our setup will be similar. It won't be something that's just on the website for anyone to watch. Right. Okay. I'll just yeah. I'll just just be aware of that. Like I said, I tried to watch the dogs one today, and yeah, you had to be a member to watch. So I'd, I'd suspect that we will do something similar. Oh, that's good to know. Then all right, well then get get the membership cards ready. All righty. All right, that's a, that's a wrap. That's a, a good in depth show, gents. Uh, very good to get that one in the books. So we'll. Uh, put this one out there and hopefully we'll re- we can reconvene in a, a week or two and hopefully we've got some more practice match news and I think when's our first Amy series game it's the 3rd or 5th of March or something uh, Friday the 5th of March All right, so we'll, make sure we, we'll definitely make sure we do one uh, before then so well, this is probably next Monday then isn't it Fine. Uh, something like that yeah. well the 5th of March okay so that's next Friday alright so maybe uh, we are doing one next week then potentially there we go Gee, that's rolled around quickly. But uh, good, good to have footy back. Hopefully no injuries. We get through this and we roll on to the first pre-season game next Saturday or Sunday. And uh, away we go, ladies and gentlemen. So thanks for your time tonight, fellas. Very good. And um, until next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Come on, Tigers.